Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Today, we have another incredible guest joining us. She is an author. She has an amazing book called The Amaji Nation, The Amaji Nation. And and tell us a little bit, when did you release release this book? Officially this year, I actually finished writing it back in 2018. Um, so it's been out since, oh goodness, like late May. Okay, so yeah. you guys heard it. So we're going to talk about this book, and we're also going to talk about your story and along the way of writing the book, your your inspiration, some of the things that happened, how we can learn from this book and be inspired from it, and where we can find it. And so all of those things are going to be discussed today. But before we do, I'm just going to give you the opportunity, Marie, Tell us a little bit about who you are and your faith, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So, yes, well, so I'm a brand new author. I'm new at this, Um, but I'm a person, I really love the Lord. I do. And I hope that, you know, in everything I do, that that reflects, you know, that you can see God in everything I do. Uh, My story, my testimony is actually pretty simple. I grew up in church. I've been in church since I was a baby. So I've always been hearing about, uh, you know, the word of God. Um, So I was actually four years old and going to a VBS, a vacation Bible school. And I heard the gospel and I believed. And, um, you know, but I would say my relationship with God has, you know, has had its stages like everybody, nobody goes from zero to a hundred when they first get saved, you know, but I had this, I had the joy of the Lord in my heart, even as as a little kid. Um, I would go around telling people about Jesus. Sometimes I knew about it. I think sometimes I didn't even know (laughs) what I was, was doing, but you know, why not talk about Jesus? Um, The reason why I say I don't think I knew is because when I was eight years old, I, I just have this specific memory when I was eight years old, people would come up to me, people I know, people from church, they, they would come up to me and they would just call me evangelist. And I'm like, oh. I don't know. I wasn't thinking anything of it. I understood what it meant, but they would tell me that when I least expect it, because I'm a little kid, I'm in my own little world. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. going around, I'm playing. Um, but, you know, I, I say that it, because of the love that I had for God, and I would say, you know, I had a really good childhood, but because it was filled with Jesus, you know, it had mm-hmm. its challenges and everything. Um, but like I said, you know, my relationship with God happened in stages. So as I would go through life, um, you, you know, I would learn the Bible. I would learn Bible stories. I would learn the scripture, scriptures. And I would um, 
you know, try to be intentional to apply the word of God in my life. But I would say it wasn't until I was 17. I, I got saved at four, but I didn't get baptized until I was 17. And I, I marked that moment because I noticed from that moment on, like something changed in me. There was like a little flame, a little fire that was ignited inside of me. And from like, I'll say 17 to 26 years old, I'm past that now, <laughs> but from 17 to 26 years old, I have this desire to grow closer to God. And I've, you know, so that was growing in me and also the desire to be a true Christian. And that's even now, of course, this is an important thing. And it's definitely on my heart to be um, a true Christian. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Spoiler alert, nothing. This Bible verse has endured over the centuries as a reminder that we can't put a price tag on what matters most. Yet time and time again, businesses have put profits above all, leading to the greatest extinction of other creatures since the dinosaurs. Except this time, the meteor is us. Find more by searching What Does It Profit podcast on your favorite podcast application. Introducing 99 Relapses, the interactive podcast that not only engages you through audio, but also directs you to their website for additional resources. At 99relapses.org, you can access tools such as previous podcast episodes, show transcripts, devotional videos, memory verses, and podcast exercises to aid you on your journey of recovery. These sources are available to provide you with support, engagement, and strength. Visit 99relapses.org to start your journey toward recovery today. That is number 99relapses.org. And that's interesting you say true Christian. Can you tell us what does that mean for our audience who are just like, what? I think I'm a true Christian. Like, what does this mean? What is the standard? So I've, um, some years ago when I was still in my early 20s, I had an opportunity to volunteer some time to help out missionaries and I was just so encouraged about you know by what they were doing and I wouldn't say I was a nominal Christian before you know I you know I was serious about God but then there's times it's like okay you 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 know you give your life to God but like what does that mean yes you believe in Jesus yes you tell other people about Jesus yes you try your best to live for God you know to live a, a holy life you know Yes, you go to church. Yes, you read your Bible. But have you really given your life to God? Like, are you willing to surrender everything to God? Are you willing to drop everything for God? If God tells you to do something, are you going to fire? Are you going to hold something back for your, are you going to hold anything back for yourself? You know, you gave your life to God. Are you willing to put everything aside? Are you willing to say, no, this is what the word of God says, even though I might want something to be a certain way? And not, I'm not saying that I was fighting the Bible before. I knew like if the Bible says this, that's what goes, because that's what God wants. That's his heart, you know, and he's the one who, who he made everything. So he knows best, right? Um, but like, you know, are you going to, going to like hold on to something for yourself and not truly surrender that to God? Are you not going to let, you know, are you not going to give God room to do all the amazing things that he might want to do through you? You know, are you, do you really want your life to give God glory completely? Yeah. So I, like I said, it's I had funny because those are different stages. They really are. 
it's are. not just a one size fits all. It's like there are levels of surrender that we give the Lord in our walk. Exactly. Certainly. Yeah. So that's one thing that I've, that's something that I've been going through, something I've been learning. Um, you know, more recently, I would say that more recently, I would say that, you know, I still have this desire. Like, I'm always encouraged. I feel like, you know, I'm always pushed more to like, okay, no, I know there's more of God. You know, I know I could surrender even more of my life to God. But, you know, one of the things that I've been learning more over the past five and a half years is, is just really taking God at his word. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, it, it increases my faith. It increases my trust in him. Um, you know, the last like five and a half, six years for me have been really rough, you know, a lot of heartache and, and um, disappointments and roadblocks, you know, but it's, when I look back and I see that God's hand has been in my life, God has been orchestrating things. I see that, you know, it's filled with healing and deliverance and provision and just the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And even when you look back over your life and you really see the faithfulness of God, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's where I am right now is just realizing the faithfulness of God. Yeah. When God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. We have no reason to doubt, you know, um, even though we might have these hard times in our lives, I'll just say, I'll just say this real quick and then I'll be finished. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, uh, a couple of months ago, maybe almost a couple of months ago now, I had just finished reading through Genesis again. And I got to the point where, you know, I was reading about Joseph. And, you know, Joseph, if you think about it, he can't, if he looks at his life, you know, when we read the Bible, it seems like it goes by fairly quickly. But, you know, his story happened over some years. And so Joseph, when you look at his life, he could, he had a lot that he could have complained about. He could have had a lot of negative things that he could have focused on. And he probably actually did focus on those important things. You know, he was sold into slavery. He was wrongly accused and he was put in prison, but God already had his plan for Joseph. And when God said that's going to happen, it's going to happen. So even though all these crazy things happening, God orchestrated for these things to lead Joseph where he, to where he had to be. And you look at it, it's like, wow, you know, it doesn't make sense. How are you a slave, but you're ruling somebody's house? How are you a prisoner, but you're running the prison? And how are you technically still a slave and a prisoner when you go before Pharaoh and then get upgraded to second in command of the country, right? So like we have to look at those negative things in our lives, the hard times in our lives and realize, no, God is faithful and God is just doing what he has to do to bring mm-hmm. his, his, his plan to pass because his words won't return to him void. So anyway, so that's where I am with my walk with God, just learning to trust God that's and I'm just in awe of everything that he's doing in my life. Um, you know, when you look back, you start to see it cl- more clearly and then it helps give me peace even in the moment where I am right now. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And what you're <laughs> we're talking about is it reminded me of Ezekiel chapter 47, where he's called out into the river and he measures oh. out a thousand and he gets a little bit deeper in the water to his ankles and he goes a little bit deeper and it's to his knees, a little bit deeper to his waist, to his shoulders. And then he's like, I can't swim, you know, go deeper, yeah. go deeper with God. We can go deeper. Exactly. It doesn't matter exactly. how long we've been with the Lord. We can always go deeper. 
If you're a pastor's child, you can still go deeper. You can experience exactly. more. If you're a pastor, you can still experience more. Exactly. And so I think you're reminding, in a, reminding us today the call of going deeper. We can always learn more about the Lord. We can always dedicate more to him. And it's so, it's so refreshing to hear this. So thank you for bringing that today to us, to remember this fact. It's so important. And how would you say that your faith incorporates into your writing? So let's go from that moment. Yes. Wow. Um, so I would say there's definitely um, a, a lot of hidden treasures. I'll put it that way. There's definitely a lot of hidden treasures in the story that I wrote. Because if you if you know the word of God, it might be easy to, for you to make the connections like, oh, this is like this scripture, or this is pretty much saying the same point of this scripture. But even yeah. if you don't know the word of God that well, maybe you're maybe you just came to know Jesus and you don't know the word of God like that. I would hope that the message, the main message of it still goes through, you know, that it's still there. But as you read, yeah. uh, <laughs> as I was writing the book, I would, you know. I'm writing it, but I'm stopping to read, read, read through it to make sure everything's flowing. And I would read it and I'd be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> because I would like see like, oh wow, like it's like, oh wow, that's deep. Or I see the connection to this in the Bible, or like, oh, this is the point, you know, I this is the point that's being said. And I really believe God's hand was on the story, to be honest, because I I don't know. I, I just, from the very beginning, I already had the name. I started off with the name, the title, The Imagination. Um, but I had no idea what the story was going to be about. I just had it and I started writing. And I believe God's hand was on the story because I'm just like, you know, writing, going with the flow. And when I just, when I would read back, it's like, well, I see like there's a lot of connections, a lot of biblical connections to scripture, to the kingdom you know, how things are in the kingdom of God and how those things can apply to us, how we can take the things from the kingdom of God and the the word of God and apply it to our everyday lives and stuff. And so um, I definitely, like I said, I want everything that I do, hopefully to show God in some way. If anything, I'm really going to put work in to, um, it's, it's worth it to have God in it. Like why waste time? Yeah, <laughs> if God's yeah, not absolutely. part of why it. Why waste time? That's a great point. Why waste yeah, the time? So. Imagination. So you said you got that first, then you started writing after that. So just tell yeah. us what is without giving too much away, of course. What is the imagination? So the imagination is basically about the the book is about a journalist. His name is Jerry. And he's given this assignment to learn about this place and these people who are called Imagis. And he's, he actually doesn't want to do this assignment, to be honest. He's hesitant. He has his guard up because he doesn't really understand it. But he understands this is actually part of his job. So he goes along with it because it's part of his job. But... Um, he, he doesn't understand exactly what's going on at first, right? So, so but in, his, in the moment of while he's going about doing his job the, um, on his assignment, getting information, he's introduced to this whole different place he knew nothing about. And 
he has his guard up for a while because he's like, okay, this is crazy. There's all these different things happening. It, it doesn't make any sense. Or the, the people here, they're insane. <laughs> but um, he comes over time, he comes to understand. He sticks with it because he has to, because it's part of his job. But over time, he comes to like truly understand, like, okay, this is what's actually happening. And the thing is, in the midst of that, while Jerry is um, just simply doing his job, he has a decision to make. He has to choose whether or not he actually wants to be part of that because he needs to choose if he wants to truly embrace that lifestyle, um, which is a lifestyle that's in, what am I trying to say? <laughs> he wants to choose whether he wants to actually embrace that lifestyle and what comes with that, like what's associated mm -hmm. with that. Um, but he ends up going on this amazing adventure, is full of action. I, I see action packed as an action packed book, but it could just be, I don't know, the way I see it. I have another question here. Let's talk about a little bit of the book saying it's embracing the unknown versus escaping it. And I think we can oh. relate this to real, real life as well. So tell us yeah. a little bit more about that escaping. Jerry has this opportunity to, you know, while he's getting this information, he sees all this and he starts to have this understanding. So either he, he has this decision to either embrace that because he comes to actually understand this is okay. This isn't as crazy as I thought it was, or this isn't as, you know, weird, or this is nothing dangerous. He actually comes to understand what this actually is, but he still has that decision, right? So is he going to truly embrace the craziness of the emojis um, or is he going to be like, no, okay, I, I'm just going to stick to my job. I'm going to stick to my assignment and I'm going to just get this done and I'm going to leave. I want nothing to like, do with be this. there, but not be there kind of like, right. That. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of times, um, people are, you know, associated with certain things. For example, I'll just say church, you know, so a lot of people are just church goers, you know, they're associated, but like, are you actually going to go deep into it or not? Yeah. Right. Um, so Jerry does have that decision to make of whether he's going to want to stay there or not. So here's the thing. He's introduced to a place that's different from Earth, but is a combination. It's kind of like a combination of heaven meets Earth because it kind of overlaps our earth and there's creatures that sounds kind of crazy, but there's creatures, mm -hmm. there's things that can go back and forth and into our world. And Jerry is like, he doesn't initially, he doesn't know what to do with it. But like I said, over time, he starts to understand it. So. Wow. And so would you say like, as you're writing this book, you're kind of correlating it to the real life and like how we experience things and how, like the, the demonic is around too. Like, is this kind yeah. of what you're thinking as you're writing or something completely outside of the box? No, that's pretty much it. Because a lot of times we go through life and we don't really recognize what's happening around us. You know, we're so distracted mm -hmm. by like, oh, I have to do this. I have to go to school. I have to go to work. I have to pay these bills. Oh, this is happening with the kids. The kids need, mm -hmm. need clothes. Um, you know, they're growing up so quickly. <laughs> they're growing out of their shoes, you know, whatever it is. And or this is happening, my family or this person's sick. And and it's not to ignore the things that happens in life, but also 
like be aware of the other things that happen in life. We are in spiritual warfare. You know, there's things yeah. that, you know, we sometimes a distraction can aid like in spiritual warfare. And we need to be mindful to keep our armor on, you know, to have mm-hmm. the helmet of salvation. So we can to know like, okay, no, this is how I'm really supposed to be thinking about this. This is how I'm supposed to look at this situation. We need to keep, um, you know, our, the truth, we need to know the truth and to say, no, okay, I could keep this in mind. I need to know the truth. And as you go through life, it helps you to, you know, fight those things. And in the same way, Jerry kind of is kind of learning something similar to that, you know, that he has to um, be aware, you know, not so oblivious to everything that's happening around him. He has to be aware of what's going on around him because some things need to be fought back. You know, he can't, you don't, if something's crazy happening around you, if there's a lion in your house for whatever reason, I don't think you would want to stay in the house. Maybe you want to fight against the lion, get the lion out of your house, you know, depending on what would be the best thing to do. So you need to know when to fight, right? But you need to also know what to fight. And so that's something that's also in the story that I believe um, would, you know, <laughs> be very interesting and something to just consider, like, for the readers when they're reading through like, okay, how does this apply to my life? You know, I would like for, if possible, for the people who read the book to try to find themselves in the story. Um, wow. So yeah. That's cool. That's really creative to be able to write in this way where you can over, I see so much overlay as you're explaining. Like I can see my, I'm putting myself in your story as I'm hearing you talk about it. So I think you're definitely, you created that for your your listeners and your, your readers. That's amazing. That's amazing. And Let's talk about the creation of the book and the writing of the book. What was it like building this world of the imagination? Like just as you're creating, you're like, put this in it, put this in it. Like, what was that like? It's it's kind of interesting because when I was writing this book, it wasn't, I wasn't thinking, okay, there were very few moments. I'll put it this way. There were very few moments where I intentionally thought to put something in there. It was mostly like, just, it was just flowing out of me. And like I said, I really believe God's hand. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, God's hand was on it and, you know, he did give me certain ideas. And so I was putting that in it. But as I was creating, like building this world, I made it a little similar to Earth. However, there are, you will see, there are certain things that happen in this world with nature, for example, that doesn't happen in Earth, like our world, right? So there is a distinction between this place that Jerry gets introduced to in our world, right? Um, But when I was writing it, like I said, it was mostly just flowing, but you'll see that this new place is actually very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot lot that happens though. It's a busy place, but it's a very well organized and beautiful and peaceful place. And it's easy to go back and forth, even for Jerry, to go back and forth to this place between, you know, his normal day-to-day life and mm-hmm. this new place that he could be. This place where he's like, okay, I could be busy with my job and stuff and I have things going on with my family. And then he also has this opportunity to say, okay, no, I need to drop everything and I need mm-hmm. to actually go back to this place because there's something I still need to figure out because remember, he's doing his job. He's still trying, he's on an assignment. He's still trying to get information. And partially out of his curiosity, he's like, no, I need to find a way. I need to get back there myself. 
um, and I need to ask some questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that eventually leads to a lot of other things. Um, some things are good for Jerry and some things, you know, if people didn't know, would think would be bad, but it's really more of an eye opener, I think. Of, yeah. <laughs> Who would you indicate this book for? Who's your target you know, audience? I would say, I want to say like 16 and up, really. I believe even younger kids could probably understand it, but it's really just a general audience because really there's something in it for everybody. I only say um, younger kids, not little kids, like maybe 13, 14, the youngest. Um, But there's something in there for everybody. And like I said, if people could like read this and see something about them, like something about themselves in the story, then it'll help them as they read the rest, read through the story. I think it's a simple read, an easy read. Um, but it's definitely, it's for, it's for men, it's for women, it's for the youngest, for the old. You could be, like I said, it's a simple read. I wouldn't stop, I wouldn't cap it at a certain age necessarily. I would think maybe like mid-teens to maybe 30s. Um, but at the same time, for people who know and understand the word of God, even if they're older, uh, I think they will still enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. like I said, it's filled with action. It's also a little silly and random at moments, but I think that's a little bit of me <laughs> getting into yeah. the story. Would you um, say that this book is for for the believers, definitely, or people who you know, are not Christian can pick it up? I and would be like, say, wow, I really see like an overlay here of the gospel as well. Yeah. So here's the thing: I, it is for believers, but I, that's not necessarily my focus. So my book doesn't necessarily say God or Jesus, right? So I, the way I look at this book, it's a giant parable. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a, a metaphor or a- I'm getting that too as you're talking allegory. Today, for sure. Yeah. So like, even if somebody who doesn't know Jesus at all reads it, hopefully they can make a connection. Hopefully they can make a connection to certain characters, some of the main characters and even the hero character. And they could understand like, wow, this makes sense. Oh, I really wish it was something like that. And I would hope that my story would eventually be the start or a seed for some people to even come to know Jesus eventually, because it's filled with the gospel. Like my story is filled with the gospel and things of the kingdom of God and, and scripture, like I said, is hidden in there. Um, but, you know, some people might not need it directly. That's why Jesus himself used parables to speak to people. The power of storytelling. You know, so, Absolutely. Right. So yeah. with my book, He Who Has Ears to Hear, Let Him Hear. Or yeah, I used to see Let Him Read. You know, I like it. Like, I like if it. anybody gets it, you know, yeah. <laughs> if anybody gets it, then that's great. You know, yeah. So I'm not focusing specifically on Christian people, though I would love for Christian people to read it because I'm sure they'll enjoy it. But I don't want to stop it there. Like mm-hmm. if anybody gets their hands on this book, actually reads it, reads through it, takes the time to um, understand it and make that personal connection. And I, I, like I said, I w- would hope that that would be a good seed planted in good soil that would eventually lead people um, to know Jesus for themselves. Yeah, incredible. I have to always ask our up and coming authors this exact question. And the, the, the answer is always the same. So since this is your first book, 
does this open up the floodgates to release more books? Is there more that's going to happen in the imagination? <laughs> Is there a book too? Or do you have other ideas of future books? What's, what's, what's going on? Yes. So actually, um, yes. So fun fact, um, this book, The Imagination, it doesn't end with the words, the end. It actually says to be continued. Ooh. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so <Confetti>. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually, um writing book two now and i'm mm -hmm. hoping if all goes well that book two will be ready for readers by october um so it continues so the action continues the lessons continue and you get to follow jerry even more into his um into the decision that he made so congratulations that's amazing yeah. you can continue the story going it doesn't just stop here you can keep going Book two, yeah. book three, book 17, book 25. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure about that, but <laughs> I do have other books um, as well. There's another book that I'm writing that hopefully might, I'm not ready to say much about that yet, but hopefully be um, ready by the end of the year. I also have a few children's books um, that should be ready by the end of the next of next month too and then that's amazing. i hear this thing, so much when somebody releases their first book it just opens the floodgates and they have so yeah. many books you know inside yeah. that they're about to release that's so great and i um also have just thinking big i guess you know some merchandise for the imagination um so if you want like a t-shirt or a mug or something like that or maybe a water bottle or a tote bag i don't know i'm working on stuff like that as well um yeah. And so that would be like on, on um, my website. Um, yeah, go ahead. Just yeah, tell I us have... a little bit about your site. How can we connect with you? How can we get the book? Yeah. So, okay. So for the imagination, you can go to amazon.com is on Amazon. Um, but you can also go to my website called Sunjoy Books, S-U-N-J-O-Y-B-O-O-K-S.com, sunjoybooks.com. And that's where you can um, order the imagination and you can see, you could find some other books. I don't have a lot of books just yet because, you know, I'm still writing it. Um, but there I'm also willing to promote other authors' books just to put it out there and that could connect it to wherever they want it connected to. Um, and then that's where you can also get the products, uh, the merchandise if you want. I try to have like products that connect to the stories that I write. Um, but yeah, so at sunjoybooks.com, that's where you can find my books, my products. There's a few other things I have on the website as well. So you guys can feel free to look at that. But um, right now for the book that is definitely available right now, The Imagination, you can go to sunjoybooks.com or you can easily find it on amazon.com. So it's The Imagination by S.M. Marie. Yes. Excellent. Marie, thank you so much for everything that you shared today. If you could leave us with one overall thought, what do you think that would be? Know the truth and be willing to fight for the truth. You know, I think that's something that's important. You know, um, it's important to listen because you could get a lot farther, you know, if you listen and take the time to understand things. But there's the importance of knowing the truth and being willing and ready, equipped to fight for the truth and to fight mm -hmm. for what's right. And, you know, just being aware of what the truth is so you know what you need to stand up for and what you need to stand up against. And um, yeah. so that's something that's very important. And I, I hope that becomes clear, you know, that I hope that message is clear in the book. So, 
Thank you. Thank you so much. If I can have you end our time together with a prayer, that would be great. Yes. Oh, okay. So Father God, thank you so much for this time, God. I really enjoyed talking about you. Um, God, and I just want to thank you. Um, I pray you bless Dallas, God, for and bless his podcast, God. Um, so yeah, Father God, I just thank you for this moment, God, where we can just discuss the things that you are doing in our lives, God, the things that you're doing through um, you know, the work through the book, Father God. I pray that you bless it, God. I pray that you bless the listeners, Father God, and I pray that um that they find something in every podcast that will just touch their hearts, Father God. And I pray that it brings people closer to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.